Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We closed last week's broadcast as we were looking at the spiritual dimension of marriage. Marriage, when it's healthy, has a mystical way of revealing God a way of bringing a smiling peace to our restless hearts. When researchers examined the characteristics of happy couples who had been married for more than two decades, one of the most important qualities they found was faith in God and spiritual commitment. Shared faith in God provides couples with a shared sense of values, ideology, and purpose that bolsters their partnership. Marriage is closer to the nature of God than any other human experience. God uses the metaphor of marriage to describe relating to humanity. Isaiah 62.5 says, As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. God loves the church, the bride, says Paul, not as a group of people external to himself with whom he has entered into an agreement, but as his own body. And similarly, when a husband loves his wife and a wife her husband as extensions of themselves, they live as one flesh, as soulmates. Through marriage, God shows himself in two important ways. First, by revealing his faithfulness, and second, by revealing his forgiveness. What would marriage be like without faithfulness? What if the best we could ever get from our partner was, I'll try to be true, but don't count on it. Of course, that marriage would never survive. We would go insane with uncertainty if we could not count on our mate's faithfulness. The livelihood of our relationship depends on the strength of faithfulness. Theirs, ours, and ultimately God's. God's faithfulness is essential to the survival of our marriages. Think about it. How can we, weak and limited persons that we are, look all the uncertainty of life full in the face and say, I will make one thing certain, my faithfulness to my partner? We can't, at least not on our own. What comes to mind in your own relationship when I say faithfulness? Well, to most people, their first thought is sexual fidelity. However, there is much more to faithfulness than just sexual fidelity. In the personality assessment that I use, the flag page, people answer questions and in so doing choose five motivational traits out of a possible 56. These motivational traits are the key to understanding just who they are and who God made them to be. One of these traits is faithful. Faithful is considered the most powerful trait in the flag page. There are many deeply held and serious emotions attached to this trait. And because it is so powerful and there are so many emotional ties to this trait, if either or both of the people I'm working with have this trait in their flag, I give them an assignment to take and work on. I ask them to think about what it means to them for their spouse to be faithful and not just sexual fidelity. Once they have reflected on this and written it down, I ask them to share this with their spouse. Your spouse needs to know what it means to you for them to be faithful. 
Having to guess or find out by trial and error is not healthy for the relationship. According to the parrots, faithfulness is a complex combination of interrelated dimensions. Trust, commitment, truth, loyalty, value, and care. But our faithfulness to each other can only be sustained by God's model of faithfulness to us. When a man and a woman covenant with one another, God promises faithfulness to them, and that helps couples keep the faith. There is no way to overemphasize the centrality of faithfulness in God's character. It is woven into every part of the Bible. From Genesis, where God initiates his promise of faithfulness, through Revelation, where John's vision depicts a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. God's faithfulness is great. Even when we are faithless, God will remain faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, For he cannot disown himself. God's covenantal faithfulness, embodied in our partner, makes a home for our restless hearts. It accepts our whole soul by saying, I believe in you and commit myself to you through thick and thin. Without faithfulness and the trust it engenders, marriage would have no hope of enduring. For no couple can achieve deep confidence in the fidelity of themselves and each other until they first recognize God's faithfulness to them. Well, now let's talk about how marriage reveals God's forgiveness. Forgiveness lies at the heart of marriage. Two imperfect people living together, day after day, stumbling over each other's beings, are bound to cause pain, sometimes innocently, sometimes not. And if forgiveness is not given to cleanse the marriage soul, condemnation hovers over the relationship. Resentment piles on top of resentment until we blame our partners not just for their wrongdoing, but also for our failure to forgive them. The parrots call this a red-light danger zone. Human forgiveness was never designed to be given on a grand scale. Forgiveness in marriage can only heal when the focus is on what your spouses do, not on who they are. Partners forgive best for specific acts. Trying to forgive carte blanche is silly. Nobody can do it but God. The parrots say that we overload the circuits of forgiveness when we try to forgive our partner for not being the sort of partner we want him or her to be. There are other means for coping with this. Courage, empathy, patience, and hope. But for mere human beings, forgiveness in the grand manner must be left to God. For it is God's forgiveness that empowers our ability to forgive the relatively small things, which is no minor miracle in itself. Every couple needs to forgive. When we forgive a partner, we are revealing God's love to him or her, free from condemnation. Human forgiveness magnifies divine forgiveness. Now, I know that all sounds good, but let's be honest. When somebody hurts us, at some level we want them to pay for what they have done. And most often, we choose to take our revenge by refusing to forgive the other person. But the irony and truth is that unforgiveness only hurts the person who refuses to forgive.
It's been said that not forgiving is like taking poison in hopes the other person will die. Forgiveness is not optional for the man or woman of faith. Right after teaching the Lord's Prayer to his followers, Jesus said in Matthew six fourteen and 15, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiveness isn't optional. What happens to us emotionally if we don't forgive? Well, we become bitter. And bitterness in a marriage is a relationship killer. The first thing to understand about forgiveness is that it is an act of the will. It has nothing to do with your emotions. You may feel the emotional pain of what your spouse did to you till the day you die, but it has nothing to do with forgiveness. Secondly, forgiveness has nothing to do with erasing your memory. You may remember what your spouse did to you till the day you die. Forgiveness is simply this, a decision to let it go. The Greek word that translates to forgiveness is afi ami, which literally means to send off, to release, or to let go. This means forgiveness is the act of sending away incidents that cause offense to brew in us. It means we can't keep focusing on the wrong done to us. Forgiveness is an act. This is an example of forgiveness. I forgive you. I will never use it against you in the future. I will never speak of it again to you or to anyone else. When you forgive, you decide to release the person from his or her guilt, period. You may remember the offense repeatedly at first, and that's okay. The commitment to forgive a person is a commitment to send away the incident every time it reappears in your mind. Remember Jesus instructed Peter to forgive daily, and multiple times daily. This is an important concept for us. When your spouse does something that really hurts you, you will naturally think about it over and over again. Each time the thought comes, practice the principle of forgiveness. Give it over to God. The choice to forgive means we keep forgiving. Over time, you will find the incident losing strength. Mark Gunger says that forgiveness has more to do with your tongue than your head or your heart. According to Mark, if you're still talking about what that person did to you, you haven't forgiven him or her. You need to hush. You need to let it go. And the good news is, God will help you do this. Well, according to the parrots, Superficiality is the curse of a restless marriage. The desperate need of most marriages is not for more excitement, more glitz, and more activity. The soul of your marriage yearns for depth. At least three classical disciplines of the spiritual life call soulmates to move beyond surface living and into the depths. Worship, service, and prayer. In the midst of our normal daily activities, these disciplines have a transforming power to quiet the spirit and nurture a marriage. By the way, these disciplines are not for spiritual giants, 
nor are they some dull drudgery designed to extinguish all the fun in your life. Well, our time is gone for today. As I close, I want to encourage you during this Advent season to attend one of the many Bible-believing and teaching churches here in the Treasure Valley. If you don't have a home church, we'd love to have you visit us. Our services at Cloverdale Church of God are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And we're located at 3755 South Cloverdale Road. That's between Victory and Amity. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.